summer love again. Summer love. Summer love. Um, let's pray and just ask God to just touch the word. Father, we thank you that your word is always anointed. Your word is life-changing. I thank you, Lord, that your word will get into our hearts, into your, our spirits, into our lives. I thank you, Lord, that uh, as Pastor Vicki and I share your word tonight, today, we are going to be anointed by you. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to speak with boldness. We're going to speak with clarity. And, Lord, we're going to share with love and compassion this morning. Open our ears and open our hearts to receive what you have. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You know, right there on the top of your notes, it tells you, what our goal for this series is. And let me read this to you. We kicked all this off last weekend and, and laid down the foundation. But let me share with you the goal of this series. It is to encourage you to persevere past the differences and the biases of others. To overcome hurts and the issues and unforgiveness. To reach out to the broken and to the lonely, and to the fatherless, and to live a life of love, known and felt by others. To live a life of love, known and felt by others. Now, we opened up with that catchy song that, um, that you know, you can just kind of start you know, jiving to and singing. But in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You guys get a hold of that. This isn't the second commandment. This isn't one of the commandments. This is the first. Everyone say the first. This is the first, and it's the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the bottom line to the message of Christ. This is it, right? This is the bottom line, you guys. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We uh, laid the foundation last week that God is a God that loves loud. Can you say amen to that? He loves loud. And the second thing that we shared with you last week is that God created us to live a life of love. And to love loud. To love loud. Everyone say love loud. Love loud. Not love right. south, but to love loud. Right. And right. so this morning, we're going to talk to you this morning about loving and neighboring the orphans. 
And when I say the orphans, because you might be thinking right away, Guatemala, Africa, all of that, and let's love those people on the other ends of the world, all of that. Yeah, we do that. But I'm talking about the orphans that are even sitting in this church, that are living next door to you, that are working right beside of you, because we are all orphans without God as our father, you guys. Without God as our father, we are all orphans. And there's a lot of families uh, that are fractured. There's a lot of fractured families out there right now that are broken. And, and a lot of us have the symptoms of, of orphans. And we're going to talk about that this morning. This is going to really help you because a lot of you, all of us in this room, many of you have at least a symptom or several of these symptoms of orphans. And, and, and there are certain symptoms that come from an orphan's heart because of them being an orphan. And uh, we're going to talk about this, and, and uh, you'll be surprised how many of these symptoms and traits are actually working in our life. And so here's a couple of scriptures in Psalm 68. I'll let you read that one. Okay? I love this one in Psalm 68. Listen to this. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him yeah. who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. He is a father to the fatherless. Don't you All love right, that? I like that. He is a father, he is a to, father the fatherless. to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets prisoners mm. free and gives them joy. Isn't that awesome? I, I love, love it. that. In John chapter 14, here's another verse, 14 verse 8. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. Love it. I will not leave you as orphans. The New Living says it. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I like the Amplified Version because it's just loud and clear. And it says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, comfortless and helpless. Can somebody say praise the Lord? You know, the Lord spoke to me as I was putting this message together. And, and he said, you know, all it takes for you to have a spirit of an orphan is not just to be abandoned by a parent. A lot of times when we think of an orphan, we're thinking of, of, of somebody that's just been abandoned by a parent. But most of you, have not been abandoned by a parent. But this is what the Lord said. He said, he said, all it takes is for you to have a spirit of a, all it takes for you to have a spirit of an orphan is not to be abandoned by a parent, but to have parents that didn't know how to parent. True. Think true. about that. Yeah, that happens a lot. Many of us have been raised by parents but we were not parented. We grew up with the same emotional hurts and with the same emotional pains 
as parentless children have. A lot of us, a lot of people you work by, a lot of people you live by, there's people in this church, you didn't have parentless, uh, you weren't parentless, but you had parents that did not know how to parent. Good people, yes. I didn't say they weren't good people. Good hearts, good intentions. But they lacked an understanding to fatherhood. They lacked an understanding to motherhood. They lacked an understanding to parenthood. Meaning, you know, two well-meaning people that absolutely love you, but they lack the knowledge and they lack the skills in their life to be the father, the mother, the parent that they're supposed to be. Can you say amen? You know, this is not going to be bash the parents week. Okay, that's not what this is about. This is not about bashing parents. It's not a, this is Father's Day. We're not here to no. bash fathers. No. We're not here to bash mothers. This is not bash parents week. But let me tell you, you are not weird by accident. <laughs> I am not weird by accident. None of us here are weird by accident. There's a reason that you react to certain things the way you react. That's true. Can you say amen to that? That's true. There's a reason why you've got certain attitudes that you've got. There are reasons why, you know, you carry yourself the way you carry yourself. There's reasons why. There's reasons why you laugh at what you laugh at. And there's reasons why you cry at what you cry at. And why you're mad at certain things. And why you're sad at certain things. And there's reasons why you like some people instantly. And you dislike some people instantly. There's reasons. There's reasons why. See, there's a reservoir of experiences that have gone on in our life. There's a reservoir of memories and a reservoir of experiences that, that are regulating your emotions and what goes on on the inside of you. Can anyone say amen? So this is going to really help you. And, and we're going to be talking about some of the symptoms of an orphan's heart. And we're going to share with you 10 of them. And they're not going to take long. Sounds like, oh, a long message, a long uh, word. But we're just going to hit on these 10 things. They're going to go really quick. But you're going to notice some of these symptoms on the inside of you. And um, I just want you to understand that you're not weird by accident. There's reasons why you are the way you are. Can anyone say amen? So... There's 10 basic traits, 10 basic symptoms that are coming from an orphan's heart. And if one of these is in you, own it. Because if you don't own it and you don't say, you know what, that's something that is like in me, you're not going to be able to deal with it. 
If you just push it aside and pretend like that's not me, you'll yeah. never get healed of those symptoms. Yeah. So symptom go. number one. Here we go. So if you're here today and you're weird, you can be healed. Halla halla. Okay. Number one. Everybody ready? Here's one sign of an orphan's heart, and it's being spiritually weak. Mm. Spiritually weak. And here's the thing. If your spiritual life is weak, then that means that your flesh life or your carnal life is going to be strong. Yeah. And when your carnal life is stronger than your spiritual life, everything is out of order. Yeah. Everything's out everything of whack. Is out of whack. Everything will be a mess. Because to be controlled by the flesh means that you're going to be a mess. The flesh leads to mess. I mean, you'll have trust issues. You'll have trouble trusting the right people. You'll struggle with your faith. Your confidence will be low. Your trust in God, your heavenly Father, will be weak. So if you tend to have symptoms of being spiritually weak, I want you to know there is a prescription for you. Yeah. And here it is. You feed your spirit and you starve your flesh. All right. And the Say best, that again. You feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. And you starve your flesh. Yeah. See, see, sometimes today, because of the internet and online and Facebook, a lot of people think, oh, I don't need to go to church. I can just watch this message online. But did you know that when you're in church with other believers, you're actually feeding your spirit? Your spirit man is getting strong in so many ways. When you worship with other believers, when you fellowship with other believers, and you can actually touch someone and shake their hand and say, yeah. it's good to see you. Yeah. All that is part yeah. of feeding your spirit. And so feeding your spirit will starve your flesh. And the Bible tells us that when we fill up our mind with the flesh, then you'll be controlled by that and you'll be a mess. But when you fill up your mind with the things of the Spirit, there like right now, you're hearing the Word yeah. and you're feeding your mind with the Word. That's why Romans 8 says those who live according to the flesh, they just set their mind on things of the flesh. But when you live according to the Spirit, now your mind is on the things of the Spirit. And did you know that if your mind is constantly on things that are carnal and things that are fleshly, that will eventually lead to death? That'll eventually lead to spiritual yeah, death. It's a big deal. But to be spiritually minded, the Bible says, will lead to life and peace. And that's where we want to be. Amen. So the Amen. first symptom of a orphan's heart is just being spiritually weak. Amen. I like what you said. We gotta we gotta feed ourselves spiritually. Right. Otherwise our flesh is gonna be too right. strong. Some of you what? What would you say? Okay. You're saying great stuff. You're okay. doing just fine. I'm okay, just, put, you know, put I'm your, just Hey, listen, if you're going to talk, put your mic up to your <laughs> mouth. There you Praise go. Praise the Lord. But um, some of you listen way too much to Dr. Phil. Oh, boy. I have no problem with Dr. Phil. I love Dr. Phil. I think Dr. Phil says a lot yes. of great stuff. But Dr. Phil is not God. Right. Come on. All right, but some of you have more Dr. Phil in you than you do the, the word, word in you. And that will cause a problem. Yes, eventually. Yes. You will be spiritually weak and fleshlier strong. <laughs> I love it. Okay, number fleshlier, two, fleshlier. write this down. Uh, Orphans have a wandering spirit. Oh boy. They have a wandering spirit. <clears throat> It, here's what a wandering spirit, they, 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 don't, they, they don't stop, they don't grow, they don't bloom where they are planted. Because they don't stay planted 
long enough to bloom. You can only bloom when you're planted. But an orphan who is a wanderer is constantly moving and moving and moving to the next place and to the next place and to the next place. And, and, and they are never happy where they are. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody here this morning. You're constantly moving to the next place. Yeah. You're a wanderer. You go from place to place to place to place. It's hard to stay faithful to your man or to your bride or to your church or to your job when you're constantly moving yeah. to find the next place or to the next man or to the next woman or to the next church or to the next job. Oh boy. Yeah. Every couple of years, some people change church. I mean, it's almost like, Pastor, let me show you the churches I've been a part of. And they got a big list of the different churches. You shouldn't be proud of that. Get planted. Get planted. You know, the children of Israel wandered in, the, in, in Egypt for 40 years. And God was saying, go over to the promised land. It was only a three-day trip, but they were there for over 40 years. You know why? Because they wandered. They wandered, and they wandered, and they wandered, and they wandered. Thank you, Greg, for being a faithful church member. You've been planted for over 25 years in this church. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob Nelson, for being a plant, being planted. Yep, growing your roots. I, 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 I'm saying that because there's been dozens of reasons for you to leave. <laughs> Plenty of them. But you stayed planted. Yeah. And that's how you bloom. Yes, that's how you grow. When you're planted. Woo. Orphans many times just wander and they wander and they wander. If I forgot anybody, I didn't like look around. Yeah. If you've been planted in the church, you know, for in the 20 years, yeah. bless your heart, yeah. bless your heart, Amen. bless your heart. Amen. Amen. Number here's, three. Here's another symptom so we're, that's what we're exposing right now, okay? Symptoms of an orphan's heart. Because you can't be healed of something that you ignore. And so when you see these symptoms and recognize them, then you can be healing. And, then you can see healing. Here's another one is fear of commitment. Fear of commitment. Kind of goes along with what he yeah. was talking about, but it's more rooted in fear. An orphan's yeah. heart will actually run from commitment. Yeah. They're afraid of long-term relationships. It's hard for them to stay in one place for very long, but it's also hard for them to stay in a relationship for very long. They have a tendency to make a change if they've been somewhere for a while. An orphan's heart, it's hard for them to stay in one place. It's hard for them to get planted. It's hard for them to believe that they can actually grow and flourish. Yeah. And sometimes this is because of an insecure heart. An orphan's heart has a lot of insecurity. There's a fear of people finding out who they really are. 
or what they're really like. They think if people find out who they really are or what they're really like, that they won't like them. And so they have a fear of any relationship that is deep or meaningful. They, they don't want people to see their true colors. And so that's one of the reasons that they're afraid of commitment. If someone gets too close, they almost get fearful and start looking for a way out. Or if a yeah. relationship yeah. starts expecting too much, they just want to run, they want to bolt. But I just want to remind you today, we don't have to have a fear of commitment. In fact, we don't have to live in fear at all because we have a father whose love for us erases all fear. I love what Romans 8 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. I love that. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. By whom we recognize that, wow, he is our father. The Bible says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So when you recognize that you really are a child of God, that will keep away the spirit of fear of commitment. Amen. Here's another another symptom. Write this down. Number four, a, a symptom of orphans is anger. Anger. In James, it says the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Here's another scripture. A man given to anger is foolish. Here's another one. Depart and separate yourself from a man who is given to anger lest you learn his ways. You know, you've... You know, if you ask an orphan, you know, why are you mad? Why are you angry? They can't really give you an answer. Because they don't know how to articulate um, and form into words exactly what they're feeling. They don't know how to articulate that. And some of you wake up and you're angry. You wake up angry. You've been sleeping all night. You wake up mad. You wake up angry. People, some people walk around all their lives angry. They're just angry people. Angry at everybody. Angry at everything. Moody. It's, it's a, a symptom of an orphan. Doesn't mean that you were a parentless person, but it's a symptom that orphans have is a lot of anger. A lot of anger. And, and, and orphans basically are angry because they feel robbed and they feel cheated. That's why an, that's why an orphan is angry. And, and for some people, it takes a move of God. It takes like a revival to get them to smile. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you know anybody like that? It's like, you know, it, it, will, it, it takes like a move of God. It takes a revival to get them to smile. It's amazing. Let me tell you guys something. Angry husbands do not make good husbands. Angry wives do not make good wives. Angry men and angry women do not make good parents. Amen? It's true. Strong symptoms. Listen to this. 
Anger is one of the most contagious and dangerous emotions that you can have. Anger is one of the most contagious and dangerous emotions that you can have. Anger makes you a critic of everybody. You're a critic of everything. Everybody. Anger is a symptom of being an orphan. You know, Jesus Christ is a man of peace. I said, Jesus Christ is a man of peace. He was not violent. He was not angry. Listen to this. This might freak some of you out. Arguing and contention and strife are three symptoms of the presence of demons in your home. Arguing, constant arguing, 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 arguing. Contention and strife. Arguing, contention, and strife. Listen, if if your home has a lot of arguing, a lot of contention, and a lot of strife, don't be discouraged. Just just recognize that, you know what? We can change this, yes. and, and we don't need to have all this arguing, contention, and strife. These are yes. symptoms of the presence of demons yes. in our home, right. and we're going to take authority yes. over this yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. Can yes. somebody say amen? Yes. Amen. amen. Aren't you glad we have authority over that? God has given us not a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind so that we have authority over all the works of the enemy. Here's another symptom of an orphan's heart. They tend to avoid the pain of reality. An orphan's heart tends to want to run from the truth. It's hard for them to face reality. They would rather escape from reality and kind of live in a fantasy world. And many times this is actually where addiction can come in. This is where drugs or alcohol are easily abused in this situation because it's easier for them to drown the pain of reality than it is to face reality the truth. Wow. And so addiction can become a serious issue right here. This is one of the symptoms. And if you have a tendency to see this symptom, I just want to encourage you to, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in that fear Mm -hmm. of reality because the the truth is your reality can be changed by the power of God. Thank God. No matter how bad it seems, no matter how far gone it seems, God has got the power to change that situation. Didn't we just sing that today? that we believe in a God of miracles. And so someone here today might be saying, yeah, but that just look, that's just impossible in my situation. No, nothing is impossible when you choose to bring God into the picture, when you choose to bring his spirit into your home and his ways into your life. So I just want to remind you that you have a heavenly father that yeah. has already told you that you can cast all your worries, all your cares, all your concerns, all your mess, all your issues, cast it on him. You know why? Because he cares for you. Amen. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Come on. Okay, let me give you number six real quick. Number six is the the, uh, symptom of rejection. They fear rejection. 
true. Rejection from friends, rejection from jobs, rejection from groups, rejection from church. Rejection, 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 rejection. You know, the way a man deals and fights rejection without God is they reject other people first before they get rejected. Somebody that fears rejection, the way they do it without God is they will reject you before you have a chance to reject them. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever grown up playing that game where you pick teams? It's, 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 it's not a game, but you play, t- you play games and you pick teams. And, and you're the last one picked. Does anybody remember that? Anybody remember those days where they have two captains and then they start picking... Yeah. And somebody is going to be last. last. Oh, boy. I hope coaches have gotten smarter because I know that used to happen. I don't think think they've gotten smarter, and I think it still happens. Wow. That's awful. I think it still happens, and it really hurts, and it's really painful. Rejection is... Happens in every group, all through life. Happens in men's groups, it happens in women's groups, it happens in sports, happens in boys' groups, girls' groups, happens in churches, it happens in pastors' groups. You'd think they'd know better. I used to be a part of a group where pastors from all over the nation would come together. And it wasn't a denomination, but it was just a group. Pastors from all over would come together. And we were on the board, so we were on the in group. But it was amazing how much I would see people rejected, feeling left out. Everybody would come down to the pool. I'll never forget. It was our first year to this group. I wasn't on the board yet. First year. Nobody knew who we were. We were just invited by some friends to come to the group. We come down to the pool. (laughs) Hang out by the pool. First first we were like, where is everybody? Oh, there they all are over there. Let's go over there. We'll sit by everybody. We go over there get our chairs, get our uh, towels, everything. And then pretty soon, it was amazing. About 10 of them picked up their stuff and went over to a whole different section of the pool. We were left by ourselves. And I was like, what? Is this really happening? I'm telling you, when I got on that board, I made it a point to always look for the people that were new. Right. So I could make them feel, feel welcome. 
Because there's nothing more painful than rejection. And it happens in every group. Every group. happens because of how you look. It happens because you're not cool enough. It happens because you're not successful enough. It happens because you're not athletic enough. All kinds of reasons. And some of you have got some really good reasons to have an orphan's heart and fear rejection. You know why? Because you were rejected by your husband. Maybe you were rejected by your spouse wife, maybe you were rejected by some friends, or even by a church. Are you doing okay? Yeah. Everybody breathe. You know, one thing that I just want to encourage you with is I, 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 I've gotten to the place, I'm 57 now, I've gotten to the place where I don't give a flip <laughs> if people like me or don't like me. I want people to like me, but if people don't like me, I'm not going to cry over it because I've come to the place where I've got one person that I've really got to make happy, and that's God. Now, if you're not happy with me, I'll probably cry. But, uh, you know, I'm accountable to God. And I'm not foolish enough to think that I'm going to be able to make everybody happy because I'm not going to be able to make everybody happy. And I could make a decision today and not everybody would be happy with that decision. I've learned years ago making everybody happy can't be done. Can you say amen? Let me give you these last three really quick. Orphans also fear and dislike all authority. All authority. They, they fear and they dislike all authority. They fear and they dislike all authority. When you've been raised by people that were supposed to help you and protect you and love you, and they were the ones that used you and abused you, it's difficult to ever like anybody in authority ever again. Are you hearing me? It's amazing how America has a spirit of rebellion. Americans worship independence. Americans worship pride. Americans worship rebellion. They don't worship humility and submission and be, you know, being kind and, and, and all that stuff and respect and, and all that. Okay, next one is distrust. Pastor Vicki hit on trust a little bit, but Let me tell you, distrust is like a dynamite in the foundation of your home. It's like dynamite. Number nine, orphans fear intimacy. They fear intimacy. Very few dads understand the power of intimacy. Very few. Women understand the power of intimacy, but very few dads understand the power of intimacy. Without intimacy, you're doomed for loneliness. Without intimacy, you're doomed for depression. Without intimacy with God, you will backslide. I know that's a pretty strong statement, but without intimacy with God, without a closeness with God, you will backslide because God and church will eventually bore you. Yeah. 
And when it bores you, you'll be out. You've got to have intimacy. Are you here? One more. Orphans do not have an identity. They don't have an identity. They don't know who their father is. They don't know who their mother is. Some of them don't even know what their true name is. I've heard Ivan give us stories of orphans that have come to his, his orphanage. And, and they don't even know their name. They don't have a name. Identity is knowing who your father is, knowing who your mother is, and knowing where you came from. All right, so here's the good news. Here's the great news. We can all be cured from these 10 symptoms. Can we give God a shout of praise for that right there? Let's get to that. How many of you want to be cured from any of these 10 symptoms? If you've you've got one of them or if you've got all 10 of them, you can be cured. But listen, you really can't improve unless you understand and accept the fact that that's going on in your life. You never can change what you tolerate. If you want to tolerate one of these symptoms, you will never change it. It's only when you will not tolerate it anymore that it will change. Can you say amen to that? So here are some characteristics of our Father's heart that we need to get in our life. These are five characteristics Amen. that we need to get into no our Because no matter, life. if you don't know your identity naturally here on earth, you can know your identity spiritually. And that is that you have a heavenly father that loves you and cares about you. So that's what we're going to talk about now is the characteristics of our heavenly father. Number one, he, he knows how to give verbal affirmation. In other words, our Father's love for us is vocal. We see an example of this in Matthew chapter 3. The Bible says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Here we see God giving His Son verbal affirmation. It's like He's saying, I love you. I'm pleased with you. I'm proud of you. I want to shout it out from the heavens that you are mine. That's the kind of love that our Father God has for us. Wow. That's, That's really cool. And this is the kind of love that He wants to express to us. This is the love that He has for us. He loves it when he can shower his love on us and prove his love to us. And every child needs to hear words of love and affirmation from their father. And if you didn't have this growing up, or if you've heard hurtful yeah. words or negative words spoken over you, I just want to tell you that your heavenly father really can bring healing to your spirit. I love it. He can bring healing to your heart. And you can help that process by, be, by immersing yourself in the presence of God. I think of our worship nights where we just spend a whole hour in worship. And if you just immerse yourself in that kind of atmosphere, healing can begin to happen. When you immerse yourself in his word and look at what his word says and what his word says about you, that he loves you with an everlasting love and that his mercies are new every morning and that he knows the plans that he has for you and they are for good and that you are more than a conqueror. When you start immersing yourself in his word and start declaring it and receiving it for yourself, it it brings healing to 
your spirit. Yes. So there is healing available because you have a heavenly father that loves you with a verbal love. Amen? Number two, write this down. Characteristics of our father's heart is emotional and affectionate. There's an emotional and an affectionate side of our heavenly father. Yes. An emotional and an affectionate side. In Luke chapter 15, verse 20, it says, So he got up. It's talking about the prodigal son. He got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and, and, and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That sounds kind of emotional to me. That sounds pretty affectionate. Let me tell you, emotion and affection is powerful, and you can only get it from God. Hello? You can only get it from God. God is affectionate, and he shows a lot of affection. He shows a lot of affection. How many of you have remembered, you know, growing up, and you got emotionally messed up just from growing up? Anybody? There's times in your life, you know, you got emotionally, life can be uh, emotionally traumatic sometimes. School can be emotionally traumatic. Let me tell you a little story about my sixth grade year. All the way through my life, I was a little kid, you know, and all the way through my life, everybody called me Joey. I was Joey all the way through life. Then for some odd reason in the sixth grade, my sixth grade school teacher thought it was her responsibility to change my name. So in class, in front of everybody, because my friends were all calling me Joey, I liked the name Joey. And in class, all of a sudden she says, Joey, would you come up here please? And she has me stand in front of the class. And she looks at everybody in the class and she says, from here on out, his name isn't Joey, it's Joe. It's time for you to grow up, she says to me. I know, that wasn't funny. That was painful. That was painful. I mean, that was emotionally traumatic for me. In front of my sixth grade class, and she chose to say I was immature. I was, because of that, they called me Joe. From that day forward, they all called me Joe. Everyone started calling me Joe. And I didn't know who they were talking to for the longest time because I was always Joey. But church, there's a lot of people with emotional and unhealthy brokenness in their life. And here's the great news. God, your Father, can heal you emotionally. Emotional healing, you guys, comes through worship. Emotional healing 
comes through worship. Yep. Worship is the way that God wraps his arms around you. If you don't get into worship, I encourage you. Worship. Worship. So important. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. I even said this morning in our opening prayer, and I say it a lot, just something that I say a lot. There's things that will happen in the presence of God that won't happen anywhere else. There's things that happen in the presence of God that don't happen anywhere else. You can be touched by the presence of God that quick. That won't happen in the counselor's office. Won't happen at the doctor's office won't happen in the chiropractor's office, but in the presence of God can happen that quick. Things that happen in the presence of God that will not happen anywhere else. Can you say amen Amen. to that? Amen. Amen. Number three. And here's another one. I think this is the last one. I'm not sure. But what it is is spiritual fatherhood. In other words, you have a heavenly father who wants to lead you spiritually. He's there to lead you and guide you. You know, it's interesting in John chapter 4, it says the hour is coming Mm -hmm. and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. Think of that for a minute. It's like recognizing that when you're in worship, it's about recognizing you have a father, a heavenly father. For the Father is seeking such to worship him, and God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I just want to remind you that God is your spiritual father. He is your spiritual instructor, and he is the one who will lead you by the spirit into all truth. You know, his spirit is on the inside of you. Yeah. And because of that, he can instruct you in the way you should go. He leads you on the path you should walk. He guides you in the things that you should do. He shows you the doors that you should walk through. He closes the doors that you shouldn't walk through. Today, you have a heavenly father that wants to lead you and guide you. You know, some of you may not have grown up with a father who taught you things spiritually. Maybe they didn't ever teach you how to pray or how to pray for someone else or how to worship or how to read the word. But your heavenly father can instruct you in those things. He'll instruct you and teach you and guide you. I love Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8. It says, my son, hear the instruction of your father. In fact, I'd encourage you to go home today and read Proverbs chapter 2. Read the whole chapter because this is what the whole uh, theme of, of that chapter is. He says, my son... If you receive my words and listen to my wisdom, if you treasure my commands, you really will find the true knowledge of God. Wow, that's powerful. How many of you want the knowledge of God? I think every one of us would say, man, I want that. I want the knowledge of God in my life. And Proverbs is saying, you know what? If you'll receive my words and listen to my wisdom, treasure my commands, and then do the things that I'm teaching you, you will find the knowledge of God. I just want to remind you that it's one thing to hear the word. It's another thing to become a doer of the word. 
And you have a Heavenly Father who wants to instruct you so that you can actually do and walk out the things that he is showing you. You have a spiritual father who is there to lead you. Amen. Amen. Write this last point down. Relational fatherhood. Relational fatherhood. Having that relationship. And not letting anybody or anything get between you and that relationship with God. Relational fatherhood. Relational fatherhood. So let me tell you those 10 symptoms again. Spiritually weak. Anger. The pain of reality. A fear of commitment. A wandering spirit. Rejection. You fear and dislike all authority. You distrust. You fear intimacy. And you don't have any identity. You don't know who you are in Christ. I want every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. We're going to wrap things up. But if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I I want to receive Christ as my Lord and my Savior this morning. I want to ask him to come into my heart, come into my life. I want to really get my life on track with him this morning. Maybe this is a first-time commitment. Maybe this is a recommitment. Maybe this is just the reassurance to know that you're on track with God this morning. On the count of three, I want you to just lift up your head and look at me. If you'd say, Pastor, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Just lift up your head and look at me this morning. One, two, three. Just lift up your head. Ma'am, God bless you. God bless you. It's beautiful. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. God bless you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. See you. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Sir, God bless you. That's awesome. I want everyone in this room to pray this prayer with me, especially you that lifted your head. But everyone pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my healer. Be my deliverer from this day forward. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising again. And thank you for living in me. I am saved. Say that one more time. I am saved. Thank you, Lord. It's beautiful. Now what I want to do for just to end out this portion of the service this morning is I want to pray for healing. I want to pray for healing in your life. I want to pray for healing in in your heart. I want to pray for healing uh, physically over you. I want to pray for your emotions to be healed. I'm going to say these 10 symptoms again, but if you're dealing with any one of these 10 symptoms, just stand up this morning at any point and 
And um, if you already know you are dealing with any one of them, just go ahead and stand up. But if, 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 if you have a wandering spirit, if you've got a lack of commitment, if you've got anger that you're dealing with, there's some anger on the inside of you, and you need to be set free of that. You need to stand up. If you have a, a you, you avoid the pain of reality, you need to stand up. If you fear rejection, and you've been rejected, and that's, that's something real on the inside of you, stand up this morning. If you've got fear and dislike of authority, and it's just something you, 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 you've got this little spirit of rebellion, and you, you don't want to uh, submit and come under authority, you need to stand up this morning. If you've got some distrust, if you lack intimacy, and you fear intimacy, and you don't quite understand intimacy, you need to stand up this morning. If you don't have an identity, and you don't know what that identity is, stand up. Stand up this morning. If you need physical healing in your life, stand up this morning. If you need emotional healing in your life, stand up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray over, over you this morning. And I'm just going to ask God to touch you in a supernatural way. And I want you that aren't standing either stretch out your hand toward any one of these that are standing or get up out of your seat and if you're a leader in the church I would encourage you to get up out of your seat and make your way to some of these people that are standing and lay your hand on them and ask God to touch them in a supernatural way Father we just come before you right now and I thank you Lord that you are a mountain moving God and there's not a circumstance in this room that you're not able to touch in a supernatural way. I thank you, Lord, for a supernatural touch upon every heart, every life. Bring healing in Jesus' name. Bring healing to every single one of these individuals. Heal their heart. Heal their emotions. Heal their pain this morning. Lord, take that anger and replace it with peace and joy and love in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for a supernatural touch in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Bring healing to the heart. Bring healing to the mind. Bring healing to the emotions. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we're healed, Don. Take that healing this morning. Thank you, Lord. Now, everybody that's believing God for a breakthrough, just begin to say, thank you, Lord, for that breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, for that breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, for that breakthrough. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good, you guys. God is good. God cares. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of that word this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to.